Hello, everybody. It's Tuesday. It's the new year. It's January 2022. And not only do we have a new year, we've got a new host. He's the new and improved. Not even 2.0, but 3.0. The man, the myth, the legend. Uncle Tom himself, himself, Derek Wilburn. I am that man. Welcome to 2022. Holy mackerel. Are you ready for 2021 to be over or is it just me? If I had three smallpox shots in nine months and I still got smallpox, I'd have some questions. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, get the shot, get the booster, get the second shot, get it boosted, and then get boosted again. Using human beings as experimental lab rats for the purposes of perfecting a vaccination is illegal immoral and wrong on more fronts than can be described but that's not what we're going to talk about on this show uh, welcome to uncle tom talks i'm derek wilburn this show is being produced back at the mothership by an incredible human being he's the two-time heavyweight champion of the world he's been called the duke of dukes he's been called the count of monte fisto he's been called the dancing destroyer this man can throw more hands in a minute wearing a pair of 10-ounce gloves than you can in an hour bare-knuckled because he is Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed! Took you a minute, Creed. You're slipping. You're slipping. I'm getting old. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the club, bro. I am coming off of the best holiday season of my entire life. And I mean that. I just want to get you up to speed. I haven't talked to y'all for a little while now. It's been, um, I don't know, it's been a couple of weeks. So uh, I've got three and two parents. Both all, all, both my parents are still living. I'm going to talk about that in a couple of seconds. Um, but our oldest is a 2018 of the United States Air Force Academy. He is 25. He just turned 25 years old. Uh, his birthday is a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, our middle child, our daughter, is 20. She has a birthday tomorrow. And she just graduated from college uh, last month at the at the semester break. She finished her bachelor's degree in two and a half years. And then our youngest child is still in high school. He's a junior in high school. Our kids' birthdays are all packed in around the holidays. It just worked out that way. So in the last handful of weeks, I've had birthday, Thanksgiving, marriage proposal, Birth, uh, grad, college graduation, birthday, Christmas, marriage proposal, and tomorrow another birthday. And all of our kids were home for the holidays. This is just fantastic. Oh my goodness, we had so much fun. So my daughter and her boyfriend, now fiance, were home over Thanksgiving break and he proposed to her. They went on a nice long hike. They're big outdoors people. They hike all over the place. And got down on one knee and did that thing. And she said yes. 
Then our son came home. He's currently stationed at Fairchild Air Force Base in Spokane, Washington. He came home with his girlfriend, now fiance. She's also in the Air Force. Proposed to her at the Broadmoor Hotel. Got down on one knee. And she said yes. So I, you know what I've been doing for the last two weeks? Writing checks. That's what I do for a living now. I, I write checks. This, that's, I'm going to put that on my resume. Professional check writer. Oh, my goodness. We just reserved the, the venue for my daughter's wedding the other day. You know how much these places cost? These places, these places get like $10,000 for four hours. Creed, we got to open up a couple of those. You know, we need, a, we need a joint that you can rent for three or four or five hours and charge people 20 grand. I'll but go into that great. deal with you. Sign me up, man. I mean, these places are unbelievable. Yeah, and then if you upgrade to the photographer and the cordon blue and, uh, you know, they got all these different packages and stuff, that number goes north from there in a hurry. Uh, but, you know, they know, they know what you figure. You figure, hey, you know, I only do this one time. You only go on once in life. I want to do it right. Uh, and they're, they're right. So that tab gets big in a hurry. But something very special happened last Monday um, that I'm going to share with you all. This, has, this is just a personal thing, but you're really going to love it. Um, both of my parents are living. My dad is 94 and a half. He'll be 95 in March. My mom just turned 89 in November. Oh, I left her birthday out. We actually had another birthday in there too. Uh, and my parents are incredible people. My dad's going to be 95 years old, and chances are pretty good that he's going to bury all of us. I mean, that cat's in great shape. He's, he's going nowhere, um, as you're about to see. But my dad is one of my best friends, just tremendous individual, and he served in the Second World War. In fact, so let's do this. I'll, something. Wait till you see this. Don't go away. If you if you came here looking for news of the day, you're gonna get it. But don't go away because you'll be really sorry if you miss this. Creed, uh, let's bring up uh, let's bring up image number eight real quick. I want to show you people what I'm talking about, and then I'm gonna show you a two minute long video that's gonna you're 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 you'll be so glad you tuned into Uncle Tom talks tonight. Okay, we got number eight. Which ready one's to image go. eight? I got image eight. Image eight is me and my dad. Okay, I did it over later. There we go. So there's me and my dad right there. My dad played baseball professionally. Uh, he made it to double A ball. He played in the Baltimore Orioles farm system and made it to their double A affiliate in Macon, Georgia, uh, in the uh, in the early 1950s. Then he blew out his ankle sliding into second base and that was that but my dad loves baseball he's always loved baseball he's always taken me to baseball games took me to my first cubs game when i was 10 months old so he says and uh there he is so that's my pops right there and let's bring up image number nine and bear with me audience there's a reason i'm showing you this stuff trust me image number nine this is my mom and dad that is my mom and dad circa 1950, 1952, somewhere right around there. Uh, so he's just finishing his baseball career. And uh, this is my mom and dad, image number 10. This is my mom and dad this past summer. Or maybe it was two summers ago, something like that. But this is my mom and dad today. Heavyweight champion, you got it? Okay, here we go. There we go. There's my mom and dad today. Uh, still together, um, met in Chicago, where I was born. Now, here's why I showed you all this. Just uh, incredible people. Uh, the greatest generation, literally. My dad served in the Army in World War II. 
And he never talked very much about his service. He, all my life, I mean, I knew he was in the army and there was some stray mentions of it here and there, but he never really talked very much about his service in World War II. But uh, this summer we moved my mom and dad, we moved them into a memory care place. It was just time, you know, they're getting close to hundred years old and they're, they're having a great experience. It was a tremendously good decision. But when you start moving old people around, you start finding things. And I found all my dad's old army paperwork, his enlistment papers, his discharge papers. He, he had a, a list of medals and accommodations, he, all kinds of stuff that he had done. He served in the European theater and as well as in the Northern African theater in 1945 and 1946. He had a marksmanship award. He's a tremendously good shot. All kinds of stuff served in the 614th uh, tank destroyer battalion. It was an African-American battalion and uh, discharged out of Fort Hood, Texas in October of 1946. Never talked about any of this, but I found all this paperwork and I decided, you know, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. And to speed the story along, there's an organization called AUSA, America's USA, um, uh, excuse me, uh, Army, Army, Army USA, and they have an arm that seeks out and honors World War II veterans. Well, my dad earned multiple medals for his service in the army, but he never got them, which is fairly typical. A lot of these guys discharged out before the medals were created. So the medals weren't even minted. They were designed and then minted, and then they came into existence, in some cases, years after the soldiers moved on, had retired out of the army, not out of the the officers and stuff, they, they stick around and going to put in their 21 years and get their retirement benefit package and all that stuff. But just the enlisted soldiers like my dad, when the war was over and they were no longer needed in the theater of battle, they came home, discharged out and got on with life. In my dad's case, he went to Chicago and started trying to become a professional baseball player. And the DOD, the Department of Defense, never bothered to track these guys down. And the medals they earned, they never got. They got the ribbons, you know, the little things you see on, on guys' chests. They got the ribbons that they could wear so people could recognize what they'd done on the battlefield and, and in camp and stuff. But the medals, they simply never got them. So I worked with the people at AUSA to find my dad's medals. And my dad's medals that he earned in World War II were delivered to him last Monday. 75 years late. You want to talk about better late than never. 75 years after he earned them, my dad was awarded his service medals for his time in the United States Army in Germany in 1945 and 1946 by General Major General Stephen Best is the guy's name. You're about to see him. Major General Best and a camera crew, along with some other people, and a camera crew from Fox News 30 run, 31. This is in Denver. My dad, mom and dad live in Denver. Uh, I live in Colorado Springs. We're just an hour apart. Major General Stephen Best came to his home, and they did a complete award ceremony. He gave a speech. He described each one of the medals and gave my dad his medals. And the whole thing was recorded. And it showed on the news, on the Monday Night News last week here in Denver. So I want to show you people 
watching Uncle Tom Talks right now, I'm going to have Apollo Creed pull this thing up and air it. It's only a, it's only two minutes long. Uh, not going to take much of your time. Two minutes this past Monday night in Denver, Colorado, you're about to see a World War II veteran finally get the recognition that he deserved 75 years after the fact. Roll it, Creed. I need 10 seconds. It's giving me an issue. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. It's been important to you uh, throughout your life. This ceremony was better late than never. It's not unusual for World War II veterans not to have received these medals because back in the day, back in that day, uh, these medals were first issued as ribbons. William Wilburn enlisted in the Army straight out of high school. He served in occupied Germany during World War II. He was a mechanic in the 614 Tank Destroyer Battalion. In Germany, we had to hide from Germans. The memories still vivid and the war stories never get old. We had to hide from them. We couldn't go out in a place and after dark. Everybody likes to be appreciated, but the sacrifices those guys made, we'll never understand. Uh, sleeping in the crawl space beneath a tank and, and eating little sea rations this big and freezing cold at night, the sacrifices they made for, for freedom. Uh, nobody understands but them. Something William's grown children don't understand, why their father never talked about his service. His son writes in a blog, quote, one of the neat things that happens when you move old people around is you start going through stuff and discovering things. In doing so, I found my dad's old army paperwork, enlistment and discharge papers included. His father had a long list of decorations, citations and medals and was honorably discharged in 1946. Sir, it's my honor to award you the third Medal here, which is the Army of Occupation of Germany. The AUSA and Salute Colorado brought his family together to make sure he got all of his well-deserved medals. We're running out of our World War II veterans. To be able to recognize one in person is, is really a blessing. It's incredibly rewarding. It, it feels very good. Bringing this tough Army veteran to tears. It makes me very happy to know someone still appreciates what I did. His service may not have been well known, but it will never be forgotten. Deborah Takahara, Fox 31. Do you think that meant something to my dad? 75 years later. Uh, just an incredible human being. Just an incredible human being. And I'll tell you something about my dad. So we have about 240,000 World War II vets left. That's it. About 240,000. Um, and my dad at 94 and a half is, is one of the babies, right? I mean, most of these guys are 96, 97, 98, 99 years old. Um, so at 95, he's, he's fairly young for a World War II vet. But here's, here's, here's the, here, this story that I'm about to tell you summarizes the greatest generation perfectly. My dad graduated high school in, in June. Uh, May, or, May or June, whatever, like we all do. 
He graduated 17 years old. Soon as he graduated high school, he went straight down to the enlistment office, to the Army recruiting office, and signed up to go to war and do his part to, to fight for our country, to fight for freedom, to fight for liberty. Signed up, went to basic training. Now, mind you, this is a, a, a black, a 17-year-old black kid, a black man, lowest on the totem pole. Okay, you're just a recruit in basic training. You're black in the deep south. My dad's from Texas, Commerce, Texas. Uh, in the in, boot camp in the dead of summer, June, July, August, boot camp, deep south, low man on the totem pole. H how do you think that went? with those drill instructors back in those days. But he went through the whole thing, graduated basic training, and then the army found out how old he was and kicked him out. So you know what he did? He waited around until his birthday came around, went right back to that recruiting office and signed up again and went through the whole thing all over again went through basic, went through the whole thing all over again, and then got shipped off to Germany and started winning, winning awards and decorations. Never talked about it. Never talked about it. Finally, uh, I was able to pull some strings and get him recognized last Monday. So I just wanted to show everybody, I thought it was special. It has nothing to do with the news of the day, but you know what? A break from the news of the day is pretty welcome sometimes if you know what i'm saying so uh, i'll tell you what if you want to wish my dad uh, thank him for his service his name is bill he goes by bill william wilburn he goes by bill type something to my dad in the chat i'm going to do a screen grab later on uh, apollo creed let me know what people are chatting since i can't see it from here and i'll do a screen grab and take it up i'm going to see him uh, with any luck at all this weekend and i'll let him see it uh, i mean my dad's in good shape he, he's Got some problems from the neck up. He's got a little bit of dementia. Who doesn't? I mean, geez, I could barely remember what I had for breakfast today. But he's in great shape. Uh, physically, he's, you know, you saw him. That was just last Monday. Okay. So I just wanted to share that. Now, moving on with the Uncle Tom show. Uncle Tom tonight is going to talk about the attack of the crazies. So I want to set this up a little bit differently. Uh, first of all, Creed, do anything in the chat that I need to address? All right, I'll take that as a no. I'm working on one thing here. I will, I'm uh, going to look in a okay. second. Okay. You know how to find me. Um, Attack of the Crazies. So this is, I'm going to talk a little bit about Crazy cra crazy Karen last week. Uh, there, I didn't do the show. We didn't have an Uncle Tom Talks podcast last Tuesday or last Thursday. Of course, I'm on Tuesday, Thursday nights. So lots has happened, and there's no sense in recapping it because if you're watching this podcast, you're engaged, you're paying attention, you've seen most of this stuff already. But I do want to talk about this crazy Karen who attacked and assaulted an elderly man on an airplane, hit him, smacked him upside the head, and spit in his face. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that from the point of view about what she did because everybody and their brother has done that by now. It's, it's old news. It was a week ago. But I want to put this into the context of the real issue, or at least one of the real issues with liberalism. 
In my opinion, there are two big issues with liberalism, aside from just the policies and the policy agenda that I have a lot of issues with, uh, a lot of a lot of discrepancies. There, there are two things that are outgrowths of, of liberalism that need more careful examining. Number one is the principle of unintended consequences. Okay, that 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 that's a show in and of itself, and I'll do that show one day. But they have all these ideas, all these big swelling ideas for how we're going to improve society, how we're going to improve uh, education, how we're going to save the climate and save the planet through from climate change, and all these grandiose ideas. But they ignore the principles of unintended consequences. They just see what they see. That if we do this, we get that. They don't realize the other 17,000 things you get at the same time. Erecting all these windmills all over the place. I live in the western United States out here in Colorado. You drive around out here, man, these things, these wind fire, they're everywhere. Well, they never think about, or they didn't think about when they started erecting these things, the effect it was going to have on the bird population, particularly on raptors, birds of prey. They get taken out by these things all the time. Why? Because eagles, hawks, ospreys, uh, uh, falcons, birds of prey, when they fly, they aren't looking where they're going. When they fly, they're looking down. They're looking at the ground. They're looking for lunch. Okay, They're looking for something moving around that they can jump on and eat. They aren't worried about giant turbines in the middle of the air they don't have they never have to worry about that that's just not a thing it's an unintended consequence liberals just think we need to end fossil fuel production to send it well you're seeing the unintended consequence of that policy decision every time you fill up okay they they, they think we need to just stop with these plastic grocery bags well, there's unintended consequences there. So they tack on a five cent per bag fee to discourage people from using it. Well, who's that effect? An attorney making $600,000 a year or a single mother struggling to get by. So unintended consequences. The other thing that liberals fail to take into account when they want to incorporate their grandiose ideas is the idea that I'm controlling your life. Okay, what it really comes down to is the desire to control everyone else's life. Mandate, require, stipulate, ban, rule, and regulate. Those are the six things they're gonna, they're gonna do. They just make it all mandatory or make it or ban it so it can't be had by anybody that is controlling your life i don't want to control life i got enough problems with my own but before i get into examining crazy karen uh heavyweight champion i want you to get cut cut two ready to roll uh cut two this is a video produced by a group here in colorado calling themselves the party of choice my friend Casper Stockham appears in this video, and this is now a few years old, but it's totally relevant. 
This is a, a, a one minute long YouTube commercial that the party of choice put together. I think this is about 2016, 2015, something like that. It's been a couple of years, but it sets up what I want to do with Crazy Karen perfectly in that it describes the liberal dogma of I want to control your life. And that's the difference, one of them, between liberals and conservatives. Conservatives, for the most part, we just want to be left alone. Just leave me alone. Yeah, there are some, we, do, we do need government. We're not anarchists. We understand that you do have to have a governing structure. Some things government can do that private, uh, that private enterprise cannot, or at least cannot efficiently. We understand that. We have to provide for national defense through the federal government. You know, private enterprise is not going to manufacture 15 fighter jets and train people to fly them and all that stuff. And, and private enterprise is not going to own and operate uh, uh, aircraft carriers and battleships. That's the domain of the federal government. We understand that. The federal government has to maintain our monetary system. Could it do it better? Of course. But that is a centralized structure that is best run by the government. We can't have you drive across Colorado with Colorado money, and then you get to the Nebraska border. You have to turn in your Colorado money, pick up some money, use that while you're crossing Nebraska until you get to the Iowa border, turn in your Nebraska money, get your Iowa money. That, that's just stupid. They tried that in Europe. Uh, that's the way it was for, for decades, forever in Europe. Having a central monetization system that is run by the government simply makes sense. So we understand we do need government. The difference is where we believe the role that it should play and how much government do we need. And this ad by the party of choice perfectly summarizes where I'm going to take this thing. Heavyweight champion of the world, let's roll cut number two. I'm a conservative, which means I don't prop up today's economy by spending our children further in debt. Cause that's like stealing. I don't censor you with political correctness. So say what you want. I don't care how much soda you drink, what you smoke. And I don't punish your hard earned raise with higher tax rates. If a mother arms herself to protect her kids, I won't limit how much ammunition she carries. That's her call, not mine. I don't want schools forcing your kids to learn my values. Or my politics. Or my views on sex. I'm not going to seize your union dues from my political party. I respect the soldiers who defend your freedom. Not the IRS, the EPA, or the Fed who abuse it. I don't make you pay for my health care. Or higher energy costs for my environmental agenda. I'm a Republican. A libertarian. Tea Party. Christian Right. We don't always agree on these things. But we're all conservatives because... I want to control my own life, not yours. Brought to you by the party of choice. That's well done, isn't it? So the left, there's only one that they want to protect. And you and I both know what it is. They want to take away the rest of your choices in as many areas as they can. Okay, if you choose to fly a Confederate flag on your own property, they want to take that ability away from you, right? If, if you choose, there's examples everywhere. Examples are everywhere. And there was no better example than the latest Crazy Karen episode. Now, you've probably seen this, but I'm going to take it from a slightly different point of view. So this is Crazy Karen on an airplane. Airplane. I believe this was last week. It might have been the week before that. But um, 
an, an elderly gentleman, I believe he's 80 years old, if I remember the story correctly, he's eating something. I mean, he's, he's eating, right? You can't eat through a mask. So he's got his mask lowered while he's putting food in his mouth. Trigger warning, this woman goes ballistic on this man screaming in his face put your mask up and just doing what they do all the while not realizing that she herself isn't wearing a mask why is that relevant think about what we just saw the party of choice it is her seeking to control his life she's fine not wearing her mask but you had better put one on so this unfolded on, I think it was Delta Airlines, but I, I wouldn't, it doesn't matter, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't swear to it. I think it was Delta. Let's do, um, let's do cut number, cut number one. Apollo Creed. Uh, apologies. I thought I had pulled a, a copy of that video with the uh, expletives bleeped out. Uh, they were not. I don't curse. I don't use foul language, and I, I I don't allow it to be broadcast on my podcast if I can help it. But that's my fault. Um, which is another topic altogether. You know, remember when cursing, remembering when using that kind of language in public was just taboo. People just didn't do it. Now you got to go back a ways. It's been a minute, but we've reached a point in society, especially with the left. The F word. I mean, I'm sure this is an airplane. I'm sure there are people in there with their children, and she's screaming at the top of the lungs, "Put your effing mask up!" It just doesn't matter anymore. People just use whatever language they want, whenever, wherever they want. Uh, it's all about me. But this woman, you, you saw her scream, "Put your blanking mask up." 
hers isn't up. Her only will and desire is to control his life. Therein, we have the textbook definition of liberalism. There it is. You shouldn't drive a V8 automobile, a truck. You shouldn't eat meat. You shouldn't fly a Confederate flag. You shouldn't purchase a 20 ounce soda, too much sugar. You shouldn't have access to table salt, too much sodium. You shouldn't, this is what liberalism is about. The desire to control your life Whereas conservatism is about my desire to control mine. If you want a 30-ounce soda, yeah, I don't think it's good for you. It isn't good for you. Your body shouldn't have all that sugar in it. But you know what? It's your body, not mine. If you want to have a Confederate flag on your property, including your automobile, if you want to put a bumper sticker on your bumper, not my automobile. But if a liberal sees that, boy, I'll tell you what, you better have eyes on that car 24-7. Because when a liberal sees that bumper sticker, the key is coming out. And they're going to key your paint job just as sure as the sun rises. There's only one choice that they're interested in making sure that you have. The others, they want to control. They don't want to impose those very things upon themselves. Okay, she isn't wearing a mask. Nancy Pelosi is fine getting carted around in V8 Chevy Suburbans. These wealthy liberal entertainers are fine crisscrossing the crisscrossing the globe in, in chartered jets, leaving as big a carbon footprint in 20 hours as most people do in 20 years. The rules don't apply to them, but it's all about controlling you. So when I see video like that, and everybody saw it last week. I mean, it was a viral sensation, and rightfully so. What I see is an example of the very thing that liberalism truly stands for. Two things. The ignorance of the principles of unintended consequences, and that's another, another podcast for another day, and the desire to control everybody else. I don't want to control you. I want to control me. Now, we've got a bit of a short show tonight because we got off to a bit of a late start. And there's one other thing that I would like to show. Hey, Creed, were you able to queue up that London Breed uh, cut number three? I had some trouble with it. And I don't know if you got it or not. I think I got it. London Breed is the mayor of San Francisco. Yes, that is her name, London Breed, B-R-E-E-D. Uh, she is, if, if you haven't seen, I, I doubt you follow, if you follow me on MeWe, you've seen this. I've been chronicling the murder and violent crime statistics for America's most liberal run cities for the last year. Um, London, the, the city of London, England, had a 71% increase in murders. I mean, all across the country, murders are sky high because liberals have just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? The, talk about the principles of unintended consequences. They've done away with bail. They've done away, they've gone with cashless bail where they're putting people on the street as long as they pinky swear to come back for their court date. They've, they've turned felonies into misdemeanors. They've made misdemeanors completely acceptable. And San Francisco is leading the pack. You, 
people do smash and grabs in San Francisco. If you rent a car and park it on the street in San Francisco, the chances of a window getting smashed and your and that car being burglarized are close to 100%. It happens dozens and dozens of times every single day in San Francisco. They don't even do it at night anymore. In the middle of the day, there's videos on YouTube of guys with bricks in their hands just just working their way down the street, smashing the windows of four, five, six, seven cars in a row. Because even if they're arrested, which they won't, if people call the cops, the cops don't get there for an hour because they've defunded and there's been so many, so much attrition through fire cops leaving the job. They don't get there for an hour. But even if they do catch the person doing it, they aren't going to jail. They'll be right back on the street in a matter of hours. And they know this. So there's no disincentive. And then in San Francisco, of course, you've got the app you have to download onto your phone to show you which streets to avoid today because city hazmat has not gotten there yet to clean up all the feces and urine. So there's actually an app you put on that shows you which streets brown and you don't walk, you pick different ones. Needles, spent needles. Um, and now, of course, it's become the smash and grab, grab capital of the country for retail establishments, too. Not just cars, but stores. And we've all seen this. These roving bands of hooligans who are smashing into and stealing all they can carry all the stores in San Francisco. So London Breed goes on TV and says the following. We're going to run this cut. It's short. I think it's uh, 45 seconds or so. Loses her cool on TV. And this is one of the most interesting things I've seen. And I find it interesting because it's always amazing to me when people get angry with themselves and don't even know it. Okay, so she's angry with the results of her own policy agenda. And speaking of liberals and foul language, warning, she drops an S-bomb in this on live TV. The mayor, supposedly a role model, an elected representative of the people. The, the, the left has reached the point where swearing, cursing, cussing, you know, what, 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 the words you used to not use in front of your mom, lest you get a backhand and a mouthful of soap. That's just a, a part of their everyday parlance now. It's just a part of their conversational language. They just they, they curse all the time. I, it drives me crazy. But this is the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, getting angry at herself and not even knowing it. Let's roll cut number three. The mayor of San Francisco visibly fed up and not mincing words. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. Twenty twenty defunds and cuts police. Twenty twenty one, we have got to start being less tolerant of the BS and get behind policing and taking back our streets. 
these people, it, it, it's a conundrum for me because yes, it's, it's unintended consequences of your policy decisions, but how could you not, these aren't stupid people for the most part. They're not stupid. Now, some of them are, of course, but for the most part, these people are not stupid. How can you not see where your decisions are ultimately going to lead? How do you not know that if we defund and cut police, we get more crime? That if we stop domestic production of oil, gas prices are going to go up. And the myriad other things that Democrats and liberals around the country have decided that have resulted in all sorts of horrible unintended consequences, how did they not know that this is what's going to happen? They did know. They do know. They're getting what they want. And the ultimate end game is more and more control over your life by giving you fewer and fewer choices. That's the end game. And I don't have to prove myself. I mean, you're seeing it. It's happening right in front of our very eyes. Okay, so we were talking about my dad. We were talking about unintended consequences. We were talking about Crazy Karen. And I'm going to wrap this show the way we wrap every Uncle Tom Talks. And that is with the head game sensation that is taking the country by storm, real fake headlines. It's time for real fake headlines. This is how we go out, and someone tonight is going to win a fabulous prize. Creed, what's our prize tonight? Do you even know? Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't look through my car collection and, and see which one I was going to give them. I mean, I've got a few Bentleys. I don't know if they want to roll again. Got Maserati. Okay, we'll do the rolls again. The Maserati. Those things are Italian junk anyway. All they do is break down. Whoever, Yay. if you win, Uncle, T if if you, that's all they do, man. I knew a guy that had a Maserati. If you win real fake headlines tonight, you are going to get one of Creed's Maseratis. So here's how this works. If you've never played real fake headlines, you have to have your keyboard fired up, or if you're using your phone, uh, and type into the chat to for an opportunity to win a Maserati. I'm going to read, and Apollo Creed is going to show you four headlines. Of these four headlines, three are real. I found them somewhere on the internet. One is a fake. Your job is to identify the fake headline. So when you think you know which one it is, just type into the chat, number one, number three, number four, whatever, whichever one you think is the fake, and we will reveal which is true and which is false in just a few minutes. Okay, heavyweight champ, are you ready with headline number one? Ready. Number one, Minnesota school board votes to pay white teachers less than non-white. Okay, so blatant reverse discrimination. Is this really a headline that they voted to pay the white teachers less? Can you get away with that in America in 2021, 22? Headline number two, border patrol, border patrol officials tweet about potential terrorist arrest deleted. 
Border Patrol officials tweet about a potential terrorist arrest deleted. Headline number three. Keeping in the spirit of the bowl season, championship game is Monday night. Alabama and Georgia again. I can't believe it. I'm so sick of watching that game. College professor claims college bowl football uh, football bowl season is today's Jim Crow. So you got rosters full of black young men all around the country who are being paraded in front of us, Jim Crow style. And headline number four. This is a long headline. Despite progressive push, most Americans, including Dems, agree there are only two genders and opposed to student as opposed to schools counseling kids on gender identity. So put it in the chat room, one, two, three, or four. I'm going to give them to you one more time in rapid fire. Which one of these is fake? Number one, Minnesota school board votes to pay white teachers less than non-white. Headline number two, Border Patrol, age, uh, Border Patrol officials tweet about potential terrorist arrest deleted. Headline number three. College professor claims football bowl season is today's Jim Crow. And headline number four. Despite progressive push, most Americans, including Dems, Agree there are only two genders and are opposed to schools counseling kids on gender identity. Is that a real poll? Is that a real headline? All right, that's one, two, three, and four. In the chat room, which one do you think is the fake? Don't know how many takers we'll get tonight. Sometimes we have two or three. Sometimes we have eight or ten. You never know. Do we have any votes yet, Apollo? We've got one vote for one, one vote for three. Okay, so there's a couple people that are out there thinking they might get a free, what do we say we're going to do, the Alpha? The Maserati. No, the Maserati. Yeah, yeah, give that thing away. You're better off without that thing. You don't got to tell them that before we give it to them. <laughs> That's a good point, man. That is a good point. We've got if two you votes water, for four. We've got three votes for four. In a Maserati, you might as well call Bank of America and take out a loan. <laughs> if you need okay, a water so... pump, I mean, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be four grand. I, I, I get it done. That's gonna be four grand. Well, thank goodness the economy's so good. <laughs> so we we've got a, three votes uh, for four, one vote for three, one vote for one. That's three it so for far. Four, one for three, one for one. So four is leading the leading the charge. All right. Get your votes in in the next five, four, three, two. Here we go with real fake headlines. So let's put headline number one up. Minnesota School Board votes to pay white teachers less than non-white. Okay. And one vote for this one. Is that right? Correct. Okay, whoever voted for number one, you did not win a Maserati, but you do win a Yugo. Let's bring up images four and five. This is real. This is real. 
So uh, I pulled this off of a couple of different sites. Uh, you can put them both up if you haven't, Creed. The Mankato School Board in Min Mankato, obviously Minnesota, the Mankato School Board in a blatantly racist move has, has moved unanimously and voted a non-white teacher's additional stipend, not on their merit or content of character, but solely based on the color of their skin and for teaching staff to be segregated by race. That is how it was summed up on BizPack Review, one of the two headlines that I believe you've got there. BizPack Review, this is true. So I'm going to start a new game. We're, 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 going to keep, we're going to keep real fake headlines going, but once in a while, maybe a couple times a month, I'm going to start a new game. And I'm going to call it 1952 or 2022. And this would fit right in. Okay, We're paying white people this much and black people this much for performing the exact same job. Is this 1952 or 2022? We're headed right back. It's unbelievable. We've had a before we go on. We've had another vote for number two. Uh, okay, it was after it was go. after the deadline, but so we'll we'll, we'll see we'll if they it. win. We'll count it. We'll, we'll count it, man. That that Maserati of yours gets gets 11, 12 miles to the gallon. They they need that thing. Okay, so uh, let's put headline number two up. So we got two votes for number two or three, two. Um, we have one vote for two. All right, so this is on the line for this for that. Okay, put number headline number two on screen. I'll read it again. Border Patrol officials about potential terrorists deleted. If you think that's fake, I want you to take a look at image number six. This is from the New York Post and this a tweet posted last week. This is dated um, December 28th. So this is just a few days ago. A tweet posted last week by a Border Patrol official that included a photo of a man described as a quote potential terrorist was taken down because Customs and Border Protection said it contained, quote, law enforcement sensitive information. Border Patrol, Border Patrol agent, Border Patrol Yuma Sector Chief Chris Clem tweeted on December 20th about an unidentified 20-year-old man who had been nabbed near Yuma, Arizona the week before. The 21-year-old immigrant from Saudi Arabia is linked to several Yemeni subjects of interest. So this is a 21-year-old migrant from Saudi Arabia with links to Yemen. And that was taken down. Here's one of the most fascinating things about liberalism to me. Uh, and there's a lot of things. I've shared a couple things with you that I'm fascinated by. Here's one of the biggest. I mean, why they can't see their own unintended consequences. But here's an even bigger one. The absolute positive, unyielding desire 
of liberalism to protect the reputation of Islam. Why do they do this? They protect, they will do anything to protect the reputation of Islam. You know, here's something to say this, and I'm going to say it. If I were, I, I'm, what I'm about to say will preclude me from ever holding federal elected office. I'll never be able to win elected office because of what I'm about to say. And I never plan on running for elected office, so I really don't care. The majority of terrorist attacks are carried out by young men with Arab features. The majority of terrorist attacks are carried out by young men, typically in their 20s or 30s, with Middle Eastern Arab features. That's the truth. This is a 21-year-old Saudi with ties to Yemen. But because I've said that, oh, he's a racist, he's a bigot, he's an Islamophobe, you can't simply speak the truth anymore around the left. Okay, that's just the truth. They have this overarching desire to protect the reputation of Islam. I just don't understand it. Uh, was it Omar Mateen was the shooter in the Orlando nightclub, the, the Pulse, Pulse, Pulse uh, nightclub in, in uh, Miami? Um, during the Obama presidency, I guess this was what, 2014, 15, somewhere around there, uh, shot and killed, I think 41, a gay nightclub, shot and killed 41 people, I believe it was. He was on the phone with 911 as he is killing people and saying he's doing this for Allah and his prophet Muhammad and, you know, just going into the, the jargon uh, of Islamic radicalism. When the Obama administration released the transcript of that phone call of him on the phone while he's carrying out this terrorist act and killing people, they released the transcript and redacted the words Muhammad, Prophet, and Allah. Why? Why is the left so obsessed with protecting the reputation of Islam? I don't understand it. And the funny thing is, is, is most of these people, most of the people who are obsessed with protecting the reputation of Islam, if you were to ask them, I mean, they aren't Islamic themselves. They're protecting their own faith. In fact, if you were to ask most of them, most of them would claim to be Christian. Almost all of them. Yet, they have no problem bashing Christianity calling Christians bigots and homophobes and ever the sun, just ripping the faith they claim to hold to absolute shreds, but will do backward somersaults to protect the reputation of a faith that they themselves do not even practice. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't have any problem with Islam. I do have a problem with terrorists. I do have a problem with jihadists, as, as, as anyone should. But the majority of terrorist attacks are carried out by 20 and 30-year-old males with Arabic features. It's just the truth. But you cannot say that. You cannot say that around the left. If I were to ever run for public office, they would take that last 
13 seconds of this podcast and blast it all over every television commercial uh, in the state of Colorado to prove what a radical I really am. Why? Because I was willing to say something that's true. It just makes no sense. How many votes do we have for for, uh, headline number three? I think a couple people said this is the fake. We got one for three. Only one. Only one. Okay, let's put headline number three up. Headline number three, college professor uh, claims college football bowl season is today's Jim Crow. If you think that one is the fake, Apollo Creed owes you keys to a Maserati. I made that one up. That is the fake, fake, fake. Now, it's hard, easy to believe it being true. And since we just finished bowl season, I'm frankly surprised some college professor didn't tweet that as millions of Americans sat on their couches and watched their TV. I'm surprised they didn't say, look at all these Amer- racist Americans watching, uh, thinking they're watching trained monkeys on TV score touchdowns this whole Crow, this whole thing needs to go away. I'm surprised we didn't get what we will next year. But this year, I that leaves number four. Let's slap that big old headline on screen. Despite progressive push, most Americans, including Dems, agree there are only two genders and are opposed to schools counseling kids on gender identity. Do me a favor and put image number seven on screen. And this is real. This is a real poll. This actually did come out. It was on the blaze. I pulled the breaking Christian news. Um, But this stands as truth to the testament that Americans, by and large, understand biological facts. Most Americans, regardless of their voter registration, understand that there are not 56 genders. Most Americans understand there's only two, and they don't want the schools that have been taken over by the farthest left of the left training their kids on sex and gender identity. Most Americans are saying, that's my job. That's my responsibility, not yours, government, not yours, schools, same thing. Here's the thing where all this is concerned, and this is really where the rubber meets the road, baby. 100 years from now, when you are nothing but dry, rotting bones, 100 years from now, they will be able to dig up your dry rotting bones perform a test on them and determine whether you are a male or a female and that's all they'll be able to tell they won't be able to tell how you identified they won't be able to tell who you went to bed with at night they won't be able to tell which gender you were attracted to they won't be able to tell anything other than whether or not when there used to be flesh on those bones you had a penis and testicles or you had a vagina and breasts 
That's all they'll be able to tell. Because there's only two. We can make up as many more as we want. But the science is the science. And they can test your bones in the year 3022. A hundred years from now. And they can only tell one of two things. Man or woman. Because that's all there is. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. We'll be back on Thursday night. It will be me. It will be the heavyweight champion of the world, the former two-time before Rocky Balboa knocked his block off. And then Ivan Drago put him six feet under. Apollo Creed and I will be back here Thursday night. Don't know what I'm going to be talking about there by then, but I'll come up with something. And, of course, there will be another installment of Real Fake Headlines. And who knows, we might even do the first installment of 1952 or 2022. I think that could be fun. See if you could figure out when, when, when did this really occur in America. Uh, but until then, Derek Wolverine signing off. I will catch you on Thursday. And as we're signing off, a wonderful shout out uh, to Diane15 on DLive. You have won the Maserati. Uh, go ahead and pick up a water pump uh when before you meet up with me to uh to get the thing uh i'll tell you well done, why Diane. uh i'll tell you why uh when when we meet up but uh that's gonna be it derek it's good to be back on here with you and uh we'll be back to have some fun uh to have some fun on thursday so god bless everybody and have an amazing night this was uncle tom talk